please stand for the reading of the gospel. The scripture reading for today is from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, beginning with the 15th verse. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you have not but if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As I've been studying our scripture this week, I've been thinking a lot about conflict and how conflict really is an ever-present reality in our world. When we think of our communities, our friends and our family and even our church, we like to think of ourselves as one big happy family living in perfect harmony. But that isn't really our reality though, is it? If we're honest, we'll admit that we experience conflict and community all the time. And sometimes that those conflicts are about differences in perspective points of view, opinions, and sometimes they're about differences in theology or values or principles, and sometimes they're about decisions that we disagree with, causes that we care about, that we think may have been overlooked, and sometimes they are simply failures to communicate. No matter the why, conflicts happen and they separate us and they polarize us and they pit us against each other. It's a part of our humanness. It's a part of our sin nature and the world just reinforces it. In this conflictedness, we invariably injure one another. I've heard it said about community that we're all like a bunch of porcupines huddled together on a cold winter night. And the colder it gets, the more we huddle together for warmth. But then the closer that we get to one another, the more we hurt each other with our sharp quills. Then we not only have disagreement and unrest, but we have pain and brokenness, and these injuries, they harm our relationships, and they fracture our communities, and they place us in great need of forgiveness. To forgive, 
to be forgiven, especially in the church. Sometimes we ignore this need. We pretend it doesn't exist. We don't want to deal with it. We're not even quite sure how to deal with it. It seems too difficult or too uncomfortable or too much of a risk that we just sweep it right under the carpet, put it on that back shelf for another day, or we internalize it. And if we're honest, we'll admit that we've all been wounded by our communities. We all have anger and we have pain about what's been done to us, what's been taken from us, and we are human. So we naturally blame others, ourselves, even God for what happens to us. I remember a YouTube video that gave a really great picture of this need that we have for forgiveness. It showed all different kinds of people, young and old, with cardboard signs that read, you ignored me, you rejected me, you took advantage of me, you hurt me. You could see the pain on every face as they told their stories. And then they turned that cardboard over and the words read, I forgive you. It was powerful, but it wasn't easy. It took time to get from the front of that card to the back. And what helped them to get to the other side, it was the power of forgiveness. They made the choice to forgive, and that choice opened the way for a whole new story. To the contrary, ignoring our need for forgiveness impacts us every day as well. We kind of carry it around with us like a backpack. We're weighed down by it. We're held back by it. It's baggage that keeps us from living the life that God desires for us, that quite literally binds us from the freedom that God intends for us. If we're honest, we will realize that we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And this unforgiveness is a part of what our scripture for today was addressing. It's interesting to me that this is only one of two places in the Gospels that is written about the church. And what is the occasion that it's written to address? It is conflict. And so it's clear here that conflict is an ever-present reality, and that it's a reality that needs to be dealt with. So the passage offers us some advice about how we address conflict, and really the advice that it offers is just that. It's to address it. The passage is imploring us not to sweep these conflicts under the carpet, not to run away from them, not to internalize them. It implores us to be a bit more direct than that, to deal with these conflicts face-to-face, -face, to confront them in love. It implores us to care enough about our relationships, to have a conversation, to tell our truth about our grievances and how they're affecting us. And we do this not really to win anyone over, but to put the relationship above the injury. It implores us to listen to what the other person has to say, helping us to acknowledge our part of the problem. And that's when things can really turn around. That's when, as our passage for today tells us, we can come together <laughs> instead of staying torn apart. 
the failure to do what our scripture asks of us today comes at way too great of a cost. It keeps us rehearsing our stories about what people did to us, what they didn't do for us. And as we retell this story, it's like we're going to somehow prove our case. We're trying to prove that what happened was inexcusable or incomprehensible or just wrong. And so we hold these offenses over others' heads until they apologize or make amends or change. And the problem with this, friends, is that that may never happen. The person or persons may not even know they did anything to offend us. They may know what they did, but they may not care. They may never admit that they are wrong. They may never ask forgiveness. They may never try to do better. The reality is we don't have control over how they will respond. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. The burden of forgiveness, it is not on them, those who have wronged us. It's really on us. It's on you and me. We can forgive even if we aren't forgiven. Forgiveness is a choice that we make for ourselves, for our well-being, and it's a choice we make to do our part towards creating healthier relationships and communities. I'm reminded that conflicts create wounds that not only affect individuals, but they affect communities in the body of Christ. What happens to each of us, it happens to all of us. We bear our wounds collectively, unaddressed conflicts, unhealed wounds, unforgiveness. They not only fracture the part, but they fracture the whole. But spiritually, forgiveness provides us with the healing and the peace that we are all longing for. In this work, it isn't something that we have to do alone. It doesn't have to intimidate us quite so much. It's a work that God does in us. And this passage reminds us about not only being in agreement with each other, but also being in agreement with God. We're two or three are gathered. The first step of forgiveness, it's ours to take, but God takes it from there. And this is the way that God works to transform lives. It's the way God works to transform communities. We can forgive. We can have peace. We can be reconciled to God and to others. And it's a beautiful thing when through the power of forgiveness, we're all able to walk into a new story together. I'm reminded today that reconciliation, it has always been God's heart for us. It's the work he's been up to from the very beginning. He's always been working to kind of bring us in alignment with him and also with each other. But our humanness and our sin nature has always stood in the way of that. He provided a way for us to overcome that sin through Jesus so that we might be brought back into right relationship with God so that we might live out that right relationship with others so that we might pursue a whole new reconciled life together so that we might live like we've been made new friends. This is God's purpose for us.
this is the way that it's accomplished. It's through forgiveness. Forgiveness is what helps us to get to the other side of that card to live out a new story together. And just like in so many of the other gospel stories, it's how we get to experience just a small glimpse of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. When I consider my own journey with forgiveness, what I've learned is forgiveness isn't easy. (laughs) And it can take time. You can't force it. You have to be patient with the process, but the process sure goes a lot easier if we don't try to do it by ourselves. If we at least engage the conversation, if we care enough to confront, if we share with our brothers and sisters in Christ not only how we're feeling, but also how important our relationship with them is to us, how much we want to work towards peace and harmony instead of having that enmity between us. It's so much easier when we depend on God to empower this work, to agree with it, and then collectively the reward of this work is not just peace and harmony, friends. It is freedom. It's freedom from being weighed down by the pain of unforgiveness, suddenly not being bound but being loosed. It's realizing that the story doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't need to be told and retold. It doesn't need to have power over us. It doesn't need to hold us back from living this whole new reconciled life in Christ, from fulfilling God's purposes for us as individuals and as a community. When we've really forgiven, our disdain turns into love. And we can offer compassion and mercy and grace to others. The process is complete in us. And this work isn't something we did. It's the work of God in us. It's the power of forgiveness. And it opens the path for a whole new story for each of us and for all of us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.